Hello there, welcome to episode 84 of Nevermind the Bullens, it's your bite-sized Everton podcast and vodcast. Uh, I'm Mike Peters. Um, now then, I mean, you know, the old adage of a week is a long time in politics, well a week is a very long time in the world of Everton, and a month seems like an eon. Um, it's been an extraordinary few weeks, so let's just try and, you know, cast our minds back to the beginning of January, um, and where we were at, uh, in terms of that Dreadful defeat at home to, to Brighton. Um, there was obvious disharmony, acrimony, every which way you looked. And here we are a month on and the whole sort of uh, feeling uh, around the club has completely changed um, after a, an absolutely ridiculously tumultuous period, um, which has culminated in Frank Lampard being announced as the new manager. Um, I was going to record this on Saturday when the announcement broke, obviously late on Friday night. But I thought, no, best wait, because it'll be out of date before I've even actually sort of uh, got it onto the internet, you know, with the, the transfer window sort of closing. I just wanted to see if he did any business. Well, he has. Um, now, the old adage of also, you know, just to quote the maxims as, as we go along here, of, you know, no one wants to see how the sausage is made. Well, we've seen how the sausage has been made with Everton in quite stark relief over the past few weeks. And it's been horrifying to watch you know as as we love the club uh, with those protests last week and I must just say while obviously the passion of Evertonians can never be dimmed some of the examples of it and the way that passion has been coming out over the last few weeks is just unacceptable we have to get away from that um, we're better than that as a club and we have to set examples to ourselves it's down to supporters and again it's you know the same with any club and it's it's an easy thing to say it is a minority uh, but those minority are the ones that are getting the headlines in this world of you know this age of social media and uh, rolling news and all the rest of it that that stuff's going to get picked up on uh, there is absolutely no excuse for defacing the ground the ground is a symbol it's our cathedral as Evertonians and defacing it for whatever reasons to protest against, you know, uh, the chairman or what have you, I, protesting against the chairman is absolutely fine and one thing. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but doing it in that way by defacing the place that we go to be together as Evertonians to gather, I, I just defies any sense at all uh, for me. Uh, and you know, anybody that knows anybody that's done that, just call them out and and just don't stand for it. Um, there are a hundred people there walking up Bullens Road in that protest um, and you know there should have been 99 of them saying to the, the idiot that was actually putting the um, defacing the button the graffiti on the ground no stop it mate you're letting us down you're making us making us a laughing stock um, to a degree you know the, the hierarchy of the club have made us a laughing stock over the past few uh, weeks and we and now think I can, we can remove the palms from our faces as we head into February um, with an awful lot of football to play um, and a sort of really a rejuvenated squad. And when you look at actually the signings that we've made over the past few weeks um, in terms of Mikalenko and Nathan Patterson, two new fullbacks, good bit of business in terms of getting them in and Luca Dean out. Mikalenko obviously unproven, Nathan Patterson very highly regarded. We've not seen him yet. Um, obviously bringing in Anwar Al-Ghazi, good player. Again, not seen him as yet because I'm obviously with playing Aston Villa. Um, and now Donny van der Beek and Deli Ali as well. I mean, you know, there's this huge excitement about these signings. I've, a number of Man United fans who are friends of mine messaging me so, saying, you know, that you've got a real player there. And I've, I, I said, I can't understand why he's not being given an opportunity at Manchester United. But hopefully Everton will be the beneficiaries of him really having a point to prove that he can cut it in the Premier League. Deli Ali, of course, you know, a lad that was in England regular, was scoring goals for fun. I know we saw them often enough at Goodison. He scored loads of goals against us down the years. Um, 
and a, a real goal scoring midfielder, and yet a guy that's his career's just gone off the rails completely, but still a lot to offer. He's only 25, let's not forget. So there's huge potential in that deal, and we've cunningly circumvented the uh, the loan system with that one. Uh, that is a really good bit of negotiating. Whoever was responsible for that one, getting him on a free 10 million once he plays 20 games, which he inevitably will. Um, and with that heavily incentivised deal, uh, there's no way that deal's going to cost us 40 million in the end. It's just not going to happen. But a player, an England international who can absolutely get back into the into the squad. I mean, look at what happened with Jesse Lingard uh, when he went to West Ham last season and how he was rejuvenated there. You know, there's, he's not become a bad player overnight. Um, Deli Ali's, you know, is the old adage of, I'm, I'm three for three there. That's the hat trick of uh, former temporary classes permanence. But he's obviously gone very stale at Tottenham, particularly since uh, Pochettino went. Obviously, that was the start of his uh, slide and just didn't work with Mourinho or, or Nuno Espirito Santo or. Uh, Conte and it, you know, we probably should have moved six, 12 months ago, didn't. Um, and we're ultimately the beneficiaries of that. And we particularly needed the midfield reinforcements with um, Abdelai Decore and, and Fabian Delft being out now for a month. I mean, that's a big, big blow. But actually, when you look at the players that we've got now, uh, there is a bit of depth there. And there's definitely more options off the bench, which we've been crying out for. Um, it's just a case of, right, the way we're going to play over the next few weeks. So, you know, the four midfielders that were already there in, and fit, I mean, in terms of Alan, um, John-Philippe Gabamin, Andre Gomez and Tyler Onyango, obviously Onyango very much unproven, are going to have a lot of work to do, but they will be supplemented by Van der Beek and, and Deli Ali, who are both fit, all right? Ali might need a bit of match sharpness, but Van der Beek saying, wee, I'm, I'm ready to go, lads. And I have no doubt that they will feature uh, against Newcastle uh, next Tuesday. Um, so, you know, the the transfer window in terms of you look at it just as ins and outs and say, well, actually, we've done pretty well here. This has been a, a really successful window and it makes me hark back sort of 10 years in actual fact to when we, on the, the last day of the, think the 2012 window, and we were um, thinking, right, hang on, we're, we're struggling here. We need players. We have Dennis Strachwellersi, God love him, up front for six months and just, you know, <laughs> huffing and puffing, but not really adding a bit of quality. And then suddenly we signed... Uh, Nikita Jelovic, and we got Stephen Pienaar back, and we got Louis Sahara all in the same day. Uh, and it was a brilliant bit of business and, you know, kicked us on to having a really good end to that uh, season in terms of getting to the FA Cup semi-final. Jelovic scoring goals. We won games and getting ourselves up to seventh after a season that was just sort of meandering a little bit, that particular instance. This, obviously, it, we need a much more um, stark... Uh, response uh, and change of fortunes but there's an awful lot of football to be played and obviously those games that we lost uh, over Christmas when we had the three games postponed against Burnley Leicester which is obviously now postponed twice and also uh, Newcastle as well uh, are going to be absolutely crucial and it there's a huge amount of football for Frank Lampard to manage uh, between now and the end of the season. Uh, as regards his appointment, I think he's absolutely the best candidate that was available to us. And think in terms of ticking the boxes, finally, sanity has prevailed. Um, and the Vitor Pereira interview, um, whether that's done for him or certainly not aided his cause, but obviously he wasn't the man. It's not a case of I don't think that Evertonians wanted him it's just we didn't want him under these circumstances because you're just thinking we're in a real bind at the minute um, really struggling for, for form obviously players 
completely devoid of confidence and the whole thing needs a shake up and a calmness um and and a a much more sort of um i suppose softly softly approaching one sense in terms of getting the players on side and just geeing them up and encouraging them and i'm not quite sure that he was the man that was going to be able to achieve that the fact that frank lampard the coaching staff he's brought in with him like paul clement and the people he's bringing in around him is is terrific paul clement's proven um as a, an assistant manager he's you know did a reasonable job when he was manager particularly at swansea for that first few months got them uh, kept them up in the league obviously didn't quite end very well for him I think his last game as Swansea manager was at Goodison I think if memory serves me correctly and he got sacked after a, a 3-1 uh, defeat um, but you know that doesn't you know negate his uh, qualities as a coach um, and I've no doubt that he will be a massive asset to the team and the fact that Frank Lampard has been very careful about uh, which job he takes next getting the right backroom staff ready for him uh, together and ready for to go when that opportunity presents itself says to me you know a, a young methodical forward thinking coach who's worked under some of the best managers of the last 25 years you know Jose Mourinho obviously Carlo Ancelotti um and, and the ilk um so the, the two that spring to mind straight away obviously has won everything in the game um, has served his apprenticeship completely understand why Rain, Wayne Rooney said no to being interviewed uh, saw Phil Jagielka uh, on uh, Sky Sports News um, saying that you know it's probably a bit soon for him which Rooney's not daft you know what? why take the job on now under very difficult circumstances wait I'm sure he'd be an Everton manager of the future I've said that on this podcast um, in the most recent episode so we've got uh, definitely who we you know the best man for the job um what Duncan Ferguson's role in that is going to be going forward it remains to be seen because this is now a couple of times he's been overlooked for the big job I think he'll be here till the end of the season and then I think he will he will go if he wants to truly be Everton manager he has to go away you know cut his teeth as a manager in the top job um somewhere else um I think it'd be sad for him to go but I think it's necessary if he wants to come back at some point in the future but you know, young English hungry coaches won everything in the game, will be instantly respected by the players, and it hopefully it will convince um, you know, some of those who might have been getting a bit twitchy, the likes of Dominic Calvert Lewin, Richarlison, Jordan Pickford, etc., to say, right, hang on, we'll give this time now. We see a real project, we want to be part of this, playing for somebody of Frank Lampard's calibre. And almost overnight it puts a you know, a plug in that sort of geezer of of uh, mutiny that there was around the club um, and it will bring unity together it will satiate everybody I think um, even those who are maybe slightly unconvinced about Frank Lampard as yet I think he got a slightly rough deal at Chelsea although probably they were vindicated in sacking him in the end because obviously I don't think they'd have won the Champions League uh, with him in charge Thomas Tuchel is an outstanding coach and has proved that already um, but as regards who we could have got I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed to bits uh, with it as I'm sure most Evertonians are and hopefully now it's definitely a guy that we will get behind we will give him time no good at the end of the season irrespective of what happens you know us turning around and saying right that's it we've got to get rid of him um, and interesting to see what role Tim Cale will play in the next sort of uh, bit of the club also good to see Farber Mashiri coming out again and talking to the fans through the club channels I know he's Twitter to Jim White a little bit in the past week but coming out and talking to the fans and that they finally seem to be starting to listen to the fans who ultimately want the best for the club we're not always going to get it right but he's not always going to get it right but we have to start getting it more right than wrong from now on and that game against Leeds I'm not going to the Brentford game um, I decided before all of this I thought nope 
DJing, working, and uh, I'm slightly regretting it now, but looking forward to the Leeds game. First league game back with those uh, players that obviously we can't have, Donny van der Beek and uh, I think Deli Ali's cup tied as well, so they won't be available for that game, but their first home game against Leeds uh, a week on Saturday will be absolutely fantastic. Uh, of that, there is no doubt. So, you know, if you want to... Uh, 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 Peculiar. In years to come, if historians want to go and sort of have a, uh, and I'm not suggesting this in any way, is the podcast of record for Everton. But if you want a sort of a little window into how chaotic the last few weeks have been, then you know, listen to the last three or four episodes of this podcast, starting with the uh, one after the Brighton game, because it just shows where we are at um, and how quickly things can change and what a roller coaster, more so than I can ever really remember uh, it being to be an Evertonian. But hopefully it's now onwards and more importantly, upwards up the league uh, with a lot of sort of big games to come, starting with Newcastle uh, next Tuesday, an absolutely vital game. And I have no doubt that if we look at the games that we've got, against the likes of Burnley um, away, um, Newcastle both away and at home. There are leads obviously at home a week on Saturday. We can really quickly start to gain points if Frank Lampard galvanises the team and starts to move up the table. Fingers crossed. That's all we can ask for, isn't it? Uh, as always, get in touch at NMTVPod on Twitter, uh, nmtvpod at gmail.com on the email, or you can uh, leave me a little voice note uh, in the description to the podcast. Uh, this has been a top content production, and as always, until the next time, come on, you blues. Come on, you blues.